Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. Today, I'm joined by Josh Tyler. Josh is a former professional MMA fighter. He is also one of the founders of Savage Gentleman, a really cool apparel and goods company. And they make all kinds of really rad, like leather goods and wallets and all these other things. I really encourage you to go check them out because they're, they're really cool. Uh, I met Josh down uh, a few weeks ago at Winter Strong. Not surprising if you've listened to any of the shows since then. Most of the guests have come from the people that I met at Winter Strong. And uh, we had a really kind of cool connection down there. And it was cool just to catch up and get to know him more a little bit on the podcast today, hear the story of how Savage Gentleman came to be, hear a little bit about his uh, fighting career. But really, it became more of a conversation on on manhood and how we have this, uh, you know, this, this pull to be either a savage or a gentleman and how you can begin to recognize when you are lacking in either one and it's really kind of the whole the whole purpose of what he's created with savage gentlemen so it was just a really cool conversation and a lot a lot i gained a lot from it so i know you guys will as well um, a lot of good nuggets in here especially for uh the men listening so enjoy this one with josh tyler go follow him uh on instagram and go follow savage gentlemen they're doing really cool things over there so without further ado Here's my conversation with Josh Tyler. All right, everybody. Nomad Strength Show. I'm here with Josh Tyler today. Thanks for making the time, man. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. This is uh, exciting to, to sit down and have a conversation. We didn't get to chat as much as I would have liked at uh, Winter Strong, so now we can catch up a little bit. I know that whole weekend. I mean, I've had a couple of people on since that weekend uh, that we met. And I'm sure like, mm -hmm. I mean, just in terms of network and relationships, like you were the same way in terms of like, I've met all these cool people now. Now I just want to talk to them even more. And that whole weekend, it's so much going on. 
that like you you get to have some really deep conversations, but you you know you don't get that with everybody that you want to because you only we're only there for two days, you know. Yeah, and I mean, so, and there's like what, how many guys like a hundred, two hundred. I mean, how many people were there? Yeah, it was. I I think. It, there was more that showed up on the second afternoon when the competition mm-hmm. and everything kicked off. But that first day, I want to say there was probably somewhere around like 140-ish, like probably give yeah. or take 10 either way. There wasn't a ton. But, I mean, like that's still a lot of people to try and, <laughs> to, you know, get to to connect with. Yeah, to have an intimate conversation with. You know what I mean? Like you could maybe say, hi, here's yeah. my name. Here's what I do. What do you do? Okay, great. But right. like to really dive in, which is the whole point of the event, right? Is not to have these silly bullshit, superficial conversations that don't mean anything. It's like, Hey man, let's, let's make a connection. Let's, let's learn from each other. And, and you know, that is something that is sadly lacking in society. So to have a place to have, you know, the opportunity to do something like that is really cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And like you said, you and I had like a couple of those like in passing conversations just to like introduce ourselves and those kind of things. But uh, like we were all just strung out everywhere, you know, doing things all weekend and having a blast. So I'm glad that we were able to make time today to like actually converse a little bit more and talk and totally chill for a little bit. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, so you have, uh, your, your brand company, I guess it's like a pretty overarching, I mean, you guys got a lot of stuff going on underneath the, the title of Savage Gentleman, which I love the name, first of all, uh, it's, it's rad. And it's like, and you, when we were talking before, uh, we hit record, like that really is kind of, uh, you guys are portraying almost an aesthetic part of this as well. And we're looking at like the stuff that you got in the background of your thing. And it very does. And it is in line with like, when you hear that word, right. Or that phrase, savage gentleman, it's like, I have a very specific image. I conjure up of that. And you guys like really kind of do a good job of putting that together. Um, and so I want, I'm curious, like how that all, how that all started. Like where did it, did it start as one thing and then it grew into a bunch of things? Like where was your original concept with it? Man, it's, it's been an interesting evolution. And, and, uh, you know, to your point of, of the aesthetic, that was something that was a, that was a key element when we started where, okay, this needs to conjure up a, a certain feeling. Like when you think about it, right. And that's the whole point of aesthetics is you use imagery to evoke some kind of a feeling. And, and for us, what we yeah. wanted to harken back to was the uh, kind of a bygone era, not getting like super caught up in back in the good old days, right? But there were some aspects, right? You know, uh, of masculinity in particular, the way that that men conducted themselves and the way that be- they behaved and their capabilities that I think we've lost touch with today. So paying homage to that in in a more vintage aesthetic, right? Where a man was just by default, by definition, a savage gentleman. He had to be. He couldn't be one way or the other, right? right? He had to embody both components or else he wouldn't have survived. And and that, I think, is the part right. that we have somewhat lost touch with. And, and not to say, again, that everything that is modern should be shunned and thrown out. There's a lot of great advances in modern technology. The fact that we're Speaking today from miles apart is a testament to that. But some of the ideologies, some of the capabilities, the the notion of being self-reliant and be able to handle shit on your own is something that, you know, our, our yeah. my dad, my grandfathers and their fathers were, were able to do it intuitively, instinctively. They knew it was, you know, integral. And so that was kind of the, 
you know, the, the thesis behind the idea of like, man, we've lost touch with some things. Let's bring that back. Right. And not we don't have to go back and like cosplay dudes from, you know, Mad Men or whatever. Right. We don't have to go back and be Victorian <laughs> area gentlemen with curly mustaches, which you certainly can if you want to. I have no problem with that. But there's a difference between just simply looking the part and actually being the part. Right. You can you can talk the talk. But mm. can you actually walk the walk? Can you do the things? Right. And so, yes, yeah. the, the visual, the imagery conveys that but it's but it's more the idea of product of actually being able to to accomplish stuff right and do things and so yes i appreciate the aesthetic of things and and want them to be nice that gentleman says like hey yeah you know appreciate the finer things in life there's nothing wrong with that but also be capable of doing some savagery right because otherwise you're all your totally. gentlemanness is is pretty shallow and, and hollow and isn't going to take you very far. So that was the general concept. And with that idea, we, we started off as a podcast and people seemed to really like the idea. You know, we just talked about masculinity from this perspective of, of fulfilling both aspects, not just choosing one side or the other, where I think a lot of people sadly, uh, fall these days, right? They pick one and they kind of pursue that to the exclusion of the other, right? So yes, our thought was well. Let's let's do both, right? Let's let's push this idea of a well-rounded individual, a Renaissance man, you know, so to speak, and and run with that. And, and it really just seemed to resonate with a lot of folks. So we recognize, well, maybe there's more to this. Maybe we can turn this into some kind of a business, right? Let's 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 see where it goes. And so obviously, t-shirts were were pretty low-hanging fruit, but. We wanted it to be right. more than just like, hey, here's a T-shirt with you can't even see because of my beard with with the word "savage gentleman" <laughs> gentleman on it. But yeah. uh, okay, well, what else? What's what's a product? What's a material that can embody both aspects? And so we we started diving into leather work, and that became kind mm. of our flagship item, making leather wallets because they're both very primitive and and primal, right? Mm. To to fulfill the savage side, but then. They're sophisticated and refined and super classy, right? Leather is one of those things. It's just when you see a good piece of leather, man, it's like, oh, it's exquisite. Yep. So we Absolutely. wanted that. That seemed to be the perfect medium to embody both aspects. So from there, we started producing products and then just expanded, you know, kind of so, somewhat where the market dictated. But then also, really, we just followed our own interests of, you know, with our clothing and apparel. It was like, all right, sure. well, what's the kind of stuff that we want to see? You know, there's not a lot of stuff that's out there that that is, you know, it falls in two spectrums, right? Either it's it's completely designed to to just be destroyed. You look at like Carhartt stuff, right? And it's just exclusively workwear, which there's nothing wrong with that. And man, if you're right. if you're greasing up machinery, you're not going to want to wear a four hundred five hundred dollar jacket, you know, rubbing up against all that mess, right? right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have your very high-end luxury brands, you know, where those got, you know, your Gucci's and, and stuff where they're nice, they're well-made clothing, but that not every guy really resonates with that. We wanted to find something that would appeal to both the savage totally. and the gentleman. And there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. So we, we made it. And again, we used some vintage aesthetics. You know, we took the best parts of some of the, the, older school materials and concepts of, of um, masculine style and then updated it with, with our own spin, our own take and some modern materials. 
That's awesome. And then with, with regards to the leather stuff, was that something mm-hmm. that you had, had any experience with prior to no. making the kind of the call to begin working with it? No. So there no, was no. probably a bit of a learning curve with that. Like, how did you go about steep, that process? Steep learning curve. Well, so my initial vision <laughs> for, for the brand was that we would just we would just curate products. Right. We would just find cool stuff mm, and yeah. we'd partner with with other brands that were making it. And then we would just aggregate that and 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 stand up an e-commerce store with that. Yeah. And my business partner, he's got a production background. He's a machinist by trade. So he's big into making things and manufacturing. And he's like, well, why don't we just make something ourselves? OK, cool. But what and how? And so that was the the first steps. And then, like I said, we stumbled upon leather and then we had to figure it out. So we, you know, just started fumbling around and we started really, really small, super simple, just two pieces of leather sandwiched together and stitched to make a little card holder kind of wallet. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, as we, I, I don't know if we perfected that, but as we got more comfortable with that, then we expanded and designed more intricate things. And, you know, really, I think fell into our own with our, with our wallets and then kind of expanded from there and explored the space of, you know, what can we make? And then where are the limits of our capacity? And when we get outside what we're able to do, you know, then we have to look to other sources and find other reputable, uh, companies that can, that can help us in that. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. I mean, you know, it was a very organic process, I think. And, you know, the, Obviously, we're we've got to keep the lights on, so we have to sell something. No one is, we're not to the point where anyone's going to pay right. me to listen to me talk. You know, no one gives a shit really about what I have to say <laughs> on anything, which is fine. They probably shouldn't, honestly. Like, I'm just some freaking guy right. with a beard, right? So it's like, all right, well, right. we got to keep the lights on somehow. We could talk about these these very, I think, necessary concepts with the podcast, and hopefully get the message and inspire guys to not fall in the, in the trap of believing they have to be one thing or the other, right? I, I think too many guys get stuck and at some point they recognize, man, what I, I, I followed the path. I did all the things. I checked all the boxes and yet I'm still not very fulfilled. I'm not happy. Why is my life, you know, not where I thought it would be at this point? Well, mm-hmm. maybe it's because you there's a whole nother side of the coin that you haven't even looked at for 20, 30, 40 years. Flip that thing over, man, and, and, and take a look at that and explore some. And, and so that's the overarching message. And then, you know, the product is it serves to just be like a physical, tangible reminder of that concept. You know, when you see when you see the logo, totally. right, of Savage Gentleman, like hopefully that eventually, I mean, probably not now. No one knows what the hell we are about. But at some point. That'll mean something to somebody when they see that it'll serve as like a reminder. Right. Of, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The you know, this dichotomy that I need to need to be constantly pursuing to reach my, you know, my highest potential. So, yeah, that's that's, that's really why cool. we sell and stuff. I mean. Yeah, totally. And and the the industry of apparel is I mean, I've, I've heard it from tons of friends who have tried to get into you know, start with, like you said, you start with shirts, right? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. kind of the, where the starting point on so much of that, but apparel really just seems like one of the, and probably because it's such an easy thing to get into saturated, I guess you could say 
industries that there are. So it's probably, I mean, doing something like you guys are doing with a very specific image in mind using different Mm -hmm. material like leather or, you know, going after a very certain thing probably made it a little bit easier to kind of break through that initial, like, okay, we're not just doing shirts. You know what I mean? Or was there some of that too until people kind of caught on? What we realized, I mean, again, T-shirts are T-shirts, but from a pure business model, right? Now, I guess I'll uh, kind of remove the the curtain a little bit, but from a business model, man, T-shirts – Again, are a dime or dozens, and I didn't want it. There's enough, you know, masculine, manly T-shirt companies in the world out there that for yeah. us to just slap our name on a T-shirt and and just do a hundred different iterations of that just seemed very superfluous and unnecessary, right? It's like you don't need a thousand shirts that say "Savage Gentleman" on them. You know, I mean, we come up with different designs, and um, I you know, people like that, but. There's there's enough T-shirts in the world, right? We wanted to come up with something that was a little bit more, I, I guess, on the gentleman side as well, right? Where like, okay, I want a nice yeah. piece that I can wear out somewhere. I can wear it out to dinner, but you know, if I if I on the way home needed to like chop down a tree that fell across the road, I could still wear that jacket, you know. <laughs> That, which is an unlikely scenario. Yeah. I appreciate. I, I mean, I get that. But you know, this idea of of you know form and function was was really heavy with us, and we were fortunate. The apparel industry beyond t-shirts is incredibly difficult to get into because it takes so much expertise to figure it out. Yeah. Um. And sure. and and we didn't want to just get something that was on the rack, right? A lot of times you could go to if you have if you had the connections, you could find a manufacturer somewhere that is making some type of clothing, and then the, you could slap your label on it and then call it your own. But we didn't want to do that. We wanted to build and create stuff that 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 didn't exist. It doesn't exist in the world. It wanted we wanted to make it unique to us. And that is something that, that few people have the capability of doing. And, and to be honest, we wouldn't be able to do it were it not for the help of my wife, who is our designer. And that is her, that is her profession. Oh, cool. right? She went to fashion school for design. She worked for you know, a number of companies. She did the, the heritage line for Browning for a number of years. So like you know, men, uh, clothing and apparel and style and fashion, particularly for men, is actually her area of expertise. So she you know, from, out from well, the ground it? up. Yeah, no, it worked out great. It was like, well, maybe this was kind of meant to be, you know, I've got this right. person here who's an absolute, you know, expert in that thing. Maybe, that's awesome. maybe we should tap into that a little bit. <laughs> right. That's great. So as far as the system that you guys have set up with it, uh, I mean, how much of it is you specifically doing a lot of this stuff? I mean, I know, do you still do any of the leather stuff yourself? Are you guys grown to the point where you've got some, you know, a, a warehouse or how, like, how big is this operation? Yeah, yeah. Now? So we've, so we've got, we've got some guy. it was just my business partner and myself just making everything in our, in our little workshop in Salt Lake City. Um, and then we, we kind of got to the point where it's like, well, I, I can't be making all the wallets and also do all the creative components, making content, doing the podcast, writing blog articles and, and, you know, trying to be like business guy too, which is not something that comes naturally. That's not at all my wheelhouse. So, you know, I had to, eventually we had to outsource, not outsource. We had to, 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 
delegate that, right? So we've got a guy who, yeah. again, very serendipitously happened to come across our our workshop. He just popped his head in. He's like, hey, do you guys you guys do leather work here? We're like, yeah, we, we sure do. He's like, uh, are you – would you be hiring? As a matter <laughs> of fact, you know, do you have any experience? And so this guy <laughs> – this guy was, was sewing – parachutes for the army. He was uh, 82nd Airborne and oh, working no on way. parachutes. Yeah. And just as a hobby, started messing around with leather and he showed me some of the stuff and I was like, this is fantastic. By all means, come on. <laughs> so we awesome. ended up, so this guy ended up, <laughs> right. you know, we got to the point where we could hire him full time and he's our master leather crafter. He was, you know, moonlighting, doing leather, leather craft. He was uh, working in carpentry mm -hmm. at the time, but was wanting to transition out of it because it was just like so physically, you know, jumping on airplanes for however many years and then trying to do manual labor gets, gets pretty tricky, I can imagine. So for sure, he, uh, was he welcomed the change and so yeah so he stepped in and we kind of you know showed him our process and and he made his own tweaks and now our our product I think is better than it's ever been and so we've got a few other people that kind of assist and help that but he's kind of our main production guy for our for our in-house leather stuff but so yeah, so that's so I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, when I when I come and that's visit cool. in town, I still kind of dabble. Right. But he's he's so efficient now that I'm mostly in the way. I was just like, you know what, man? Let me let me just let you do your thing and not <laughs> right, just do your you thing, know, not screw things up for you. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. And then you guys have also introduced like some some killer old school like workout leather stuff, like with uh gloves like boxing gloves and bags and stuff too which are just dope like looking at the yeah 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 thanks thanks man so yeah we've got a vintage inspired um heavy bag that was really just something i had always wanted i mean as a professional fighter yeah. myself i was like you know and and when i was fighting i could never afford a bag plus i was going to a gym where right you know, we have plenty of punching bags but Mm -hmm. As I started to transition and I wanted to have like a home gym where I could work out and train, I wanted something that, that actually, you know, was was pleasing to look at, not just your shitty Everlast, you know, title boxing bag that's made out right. of leather or synthetic or whatever. It's like, no, I want an actual, genuine, authentic, old school style bag. So we designed one and the 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 punching the, the gloves rather. Are still we're still working on those. Um, the the video that you're referring to is a prototype that, that we came out with that the padding isn't in the right spot. So I wouldn't. So so we still got to work mm. on those, and I want to make sure. It was one of those things where yeah, we could roll it out, and it's probably okay. But right. I, I want to make something that is actually going to be of the quality that I would want. You know, I feel like. As, a, as, as an actual mm. fighter, like I can't put a subpar, you know, training product out there. Whereas like, well, for most people, totally. it would probably be okay. But, you know, if one of my buddies who's, uh, right. you know, a freaking, you know, light heavyweight world champion starts swinging these things, um, they got to they gotta <laughs> right. hold up to it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about your your fighting also. So, what? Where okay. did? Uh, where were you when you started fighting? Like, is that something that's been? Uh, like, was it wrestling background to start? Like, how did you? How young were you when you kind of got into this, and then that became a thing for you? 
Yeah, so I, I started wrestling in sixth grade, so like 11 years old. Um, really is just a, mm-hmm. a supplement to playing football. But I was tiny. I was a little dude. Like I was the smallest guy on the field. I think in sixth grade I weighed like 80 pounds. Um, but I had it in my head that you know football was where it was at for me. And one of these days I'm going to grow to be like an actual man-sized individual I just have to wait, you know. So while I'm biding my time, you know, I might as well stay in shape. And, you know, apparently wrestling is a really good workout. And uh, so the so the football coach invited me. He's like, hey, yeah, man, you should you should definitely come and, and just wrestle just to stay in shape and, and stay busy in the offseason. Cool. Fair enough. So I realized that wrestling took my favorite parts of football, which is hurting people, Um and, and, and it's just constantly that, right? I mean, the best part about football is tackling yep. someone, in my opinion. Yep. Some people may disagree, but the best part is just to waylay the shit out of somebody at full speed and <laughs> tackle them to the ground and inflict as most as much carnage on them as you possibly can. Like, my goal when I played football was, like, man, if I could just, like, remove every single player from the team, if I could hit them hard <laughs> enough that they don't come back in – then we win by default. Right. The problem with that. <laughs> There's no more team. <laughs> exactly. We win. Right. The, the problem with that um, approach, that strategy is that, well, one, I wasn't very big. I was this size, maybe not even as, as heavy. And I played tailback. So that's not the quality that you want your running back to have, which is to (laughs) seeking out, (laughs) seeking out people, um, which made my coaches crazy. But anyway, so at at some point I I came to the conclusion. So my wrestling transitioned from um, just kind of a hobby to, oh, this is really cool to I still want to play football to that probably isn't going to be realistic. And so about my junior, senior year, I realized like, all right, if I want to continue to be athletic, and compete, I think wrestling is probably going to be my my better bet. So I, I, I continued to play football, but really my, yeah. my energy was focused into wrestling and went went from high school to wrestling in college um, at Old Dominion University, uh, which at the, pro- at the time had a Division I program. They no longer have wrestling. They just canceled that. Not too long ago, which super sucks. Crazy. I know they just did that travesty. here at Boise State. A couple uh, they're years doing ago. it everywhere, and it's uh, yeah. it's it's pretty unfortunate. And and that's that might be a whole another episode into itself. It's just like the merits of wrestling for for yeah. for culture and society. Uh, but anyway, so then from wrestling, I. I, I Still, I didn't get all I wanted to get out of my collegiate career. I had some injuries and and just didn't didn't fulfill what I what I set out to do. And so I still had that itch to compete. And and some of my former teammates who had graduated on had found mixed martial arts. And they're like, dude, you should come try this. You should come check it out. All right, sure, yeah, why not? So I, I end up going to to the gym where they're training down in Virginia Beach and immediately fell in love with it. I was like, where has this been? This is wrestling where I can punch someone in the face? What? How <laughs> How am I just now realizing this? You know, that was, and so kind of a light went off for me. Like, this is, this is great. And so I just, you know, I did it because I enjoyed it. And 
slowly progressed into, well, maybe I could actually compete. Like I just wanted to learn it and participate, you know, to come and train. And and that was just a good outlet. And then going and seeing one of my training partners have, have an amateur fight and do pretty, pretty well in it. Well, it got me to thinking, well, maybe, maybe I could do that, you know? And so, not long after I, I had my first amateur fight, um, completely obliterated the guy, which I feel bad in hindsight looking at it. Like technically we both had the same amount of MMA training. You know, we had both been training for about yeah. six months or so. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had been off the mat since I was, you know, a little guy and I competed in, you know, collegiate right. wrestling. And so uh, it wasn't the same and it was pretty evident when we got out there that it was, it was a bit of a mismatch. And so I think I submitted the guy in the, in 59 seconds of the first round or something. So I'm feeling great. I'm like, I am invincible. Right. This is the best thing ever. When's the next one. Right. So, so I talked to my coach, we line up the next one. I'm ready to Um, go right now. Let's do another one. Yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. Right. Um, So, so we jumped into the next one and that went well. And, you know, the next thing I knew I'm sitting at, at 10 and 0 as an amateur and okay, maybe I'm kind of okay at this thing. Maybe let's see what the next step looks yeah. like. So then, you know, at that point I, I turned professional and, and, you know, continued to pursue that and realize, well, if I'm going to really take this thing seriously, I need to find, um, there just wasn't a lot of opportunities where I was living in Virginia at the time. So that, that led me to seek out greener pastures. I ended up finding my way to Salt Lake city, Utah training under Jeremy Horn. And that really just kind of opened things up for me because, you know, now I'm training with elite level guys who have been there and, and been and done just about everything in the sport, seen everything. And, and that kind of allowed me to, you know, continue to fight all over the world at that point, you know, so I got to fight inside the country and outside the country and, you know, had a few fights in Bellator and, and, you know, had some level of success. I mean, I'm not going to say that I was, I, I, here, I like to phrase it as I'm, I'm the okayest fighter that you've probably never heard of is, is the way that I, and, and and that's not like, (laughs) Oh, he's just being modest, you know, like, no, no, I'm, I'm, pretty right. good at fighting like compared to the average dude i'm super good at fighting but right. you know amongst all the mma fighters that right. you've ever seen like eh, probably okay like i can hold my own right but you know i'm not gonna say that oh man you know if, if coach had put me in fourth quarter we'd have taken state you know what i mean it's like oh if yeah. i had just been given this one yep. shot eh, i don't know and at this point you know i've realized that that i think i got enough out of the sport and and you know right around the time that my my kids were being born out my my business started taking off and I had to looking at one path versus the other it's like well okay I can continue yeah. pursuing this thing um, and and see where that goes or I can take the not necessarily the bird in the hand but like you know the business, opportunity was far more reliable than the fight game, you know, for, so from a responsibility sure. standpoint, it's like, well, man, I, I can provide way better for my family doing this than I can getting kicked in the face, you know, and never knowing when the next paycheck is coming in, how much it'll be for. Um, and, you know, what is that amount of brain damage that I can take and still manage to function, you know? 
which is in the an unknown the providing factor, part right? of that is is interesting too because it's yeah it's not even just financially that you're speaking of either you know and fighting is and especially at the level that you were at I can't imagine it's one of those the one of those places where you can do it like kind of half a foot over here and then I'm going to try and do something else over here at the same yeah. time like if you're going to do it you got to you got to do it especially at that mm-hmm. level and so I mean with kids in a family that obviously changes a lot. It, and it, so, well, I mean, it was either go, I got to go all in over here. or I got to go all in over here. Kind of, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I, I realized that I could do both to an extent. Right. And, and, and I could be, and I could achieve some level of success. Right. But like to your point, if I really was going to try and rise to that next level, then, then I did have to focus exclusively on one to the exclusion of pretty much everything else, including my family. And, and it was really yeah. hard for me to justify like, okay, I'm going to pursue this thing, not because my family needs it, not because I have no other options, right? And this is the only way that I could put food on the table, but really just to like satisfy my own ego of like, okay, what level can I achieve to say that I'm the baddest dude on the planet? And, and I kind of got to the point where it's like, ah, I'm, I mean, I'm probably about as good as I'll ever need to be at this thing. You know what I mean? Especially in the context yeah. of just in the regular world. Like, ah, I'm good totally. to handle myself against most people, right? And and if I come across a dude in the street that, that I can't handle, well, it just wasn't my day, apparently. There's really nothing I could have done at that point because that guy is Conor McGregor, right? And right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I just – I guess, well, I'm fighting yep. John Jones exactly. now, so – this is my life. I <laughs> hope I brought a gun or a baseball right. bat. Like, not not going to beat that dude. But he's probably but I'm also yeah, not going to get in a fight with that guy, either. So yeah, yeah just it just kind of came down at the at. Oh yeah, I was going to say at the highest. No, no, you're level, good. You're good. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, at the highest level of those things. No matter what the endeavor is not even necessarily related to athletics at all. Like, right. If mm-hmm. you're trying to be the best in the world at anything, like you, you have no wiggle room for anything outside of that in terms of what you're pursuing. Like it, it's mm-hmm. all focus is basically going towards, I'm going to be the best in the world, this thing. So there's obviously levels to it. Like you had said, you know, this is, this is where I'm going to be and I'm good with that. And I can maybe dabble in both, but you know, there's that next level. If you were going to try and be like, I'm going to try and, you know, I'm going to go UFC. I'm going to try and be like a, like Mm -hmm. a belt holder, whatever. I mean, like that requires a whole different level of, I have no life anymore. Like this has to be it. And you see that a lot with guys who are at like the very highest level of sport or something like that. And they come out of it and then they like, like they don't even know what, what to do with life because it's like mm-hmm. I'm, my whole identity has been wrapped up in this thing for so long. Like I don't even know who I am outside of this thing. You know, I mean, like you see it all the time. And so it's, oh, it's yeah. just such an interesting, like, where do you find that balance or when do I get out before it becomes that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, and, and the transition was, was really hard for me as well because so much of my identity had been based around, you know, competition from between wrestling and then and then yep. fighting like for over two decades that's all I did that was my sole focus you know was was towards that and so it is it's it's hard to walk away when that becomes your identity uh, you 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 do somewhat lose yourself in that and so that was part of the the, the difficulty was was 
figuring out, navigating through that. And I had some some really cool experiences and opportunities that that helped me work through that. Um, but yeah, and, and Savage Gentleman was kind of, I, I think, born out of necessity for that, right? Where I, where I realized I spent most of my life being a savage, right? And that was it. That was the only thing mm-hmm. that I was focused on. And when I started working in, in this more business realm, I realized like there was a whole side of me that I had neglected, um, the gentleman side, right? Being, being creative and, you know, making videos and, and creating content, I didn't realize that that was a part of me that was lacking where everything was so focused on destruction. Now, all of a sudden, when I'm doing this creative thing, I, you know, I didn't know it was missing, but now I'm way more fulfilled. And so that kind of helped me with the transition as well. I was like, okay, I've, I've probably pursued this savage thing, you know, about as far as is, is useful, at least at this point, not to say that I put it down and never touch it again. But like, again, if I'm looking at the big picture of like, what, what is going to get, provide the maximum benefit both for myself and, and my family that I'm now responsible for fighting probably isn't that thing, right? I, it's just, it just became really hard to justify. And so I had to learn to be at peace with, okay, this, this is the reality of that situation. And now here's the more useful pursuit and, and learning to change, you know, my, the way I saw myself of like, well, I, I, fighting was not who I am. It was what I did. And I'll always be a fighter at heart. Right. But that, but my, my, existence isn't limited to just that one singular thing. And I think what you're talking about is when people do something to the extreme, right? To its, to its maximum, uh, achievement or conclusion or, or efficiency or whatever, right? And whether that's sports or whether that's a career, when you're no longer doing that, it is, it is a bit of a struggle to figure out, okay, uh, now what? And so, learning and knowing that that is going to happen. That is an inevitable conclusion. You will never always be the thing that, that you once were, right? We're, we're constantly changing. Yeah. We're aging as we get older, as, as we grow and develop and mature, all of these things are in flux. And so, you know, I think we, we sometimes set ourselves up for failure because we have this idea of arrival. Like once I get to this thing, then I'm there. Once I become CEO, Boom, I'm CEO. Once I start my business and it reaches this whatever, once I get this degree, once whatever that is, we, we have this idea of arrival and then we're set, man. We made it. We got to the top of the mountain. Here we are. Well, the thing about yeah. mountains is eventually you, you, you have to come back down, right? At some point, I mean, or, or not, or you die on it, right? Which I, I guess is right. – is, you know, another conclusion, but most of us would prefer not to. And so um, a, a good friend of mine, Mark Twight, talks about this quite a bit. Is I don't know if you're familiar with him and his exploits, but yeah. one of the, the yep. most renowned uh, alpinists out there and kind of wrote the book on extreme alp- – I mean literally wrote the book, Extreme Alpinism um, – and, and he talked literally about that wrote for the himself. Book. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> right? So he's pretty good at, you know, he knows some stuff about climbing and, you know, pushing pushing one's body and mind to to the utmost limit. And and that was something that he talked about was coming down from the mountain, right? And and how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How how do you navigate that? And I think 
it's an it's an often overlooked part of of the process, right? And that's not to say like, oh, okay, I'm no longer this thing. That's it. Put me in the ground. There's a lot more to life beyond whatever our, our again, our occupation once was. And we have to be kind of anticipating and looking towards these these transitions. I mean, one of the things that, that helped me with fighting was recognizing that there was always going to be something more. Again, it's this idea of arrival. It's like, okay, so... I started training. Yep. Once I once I get my first fight, then then I can hang my hat on that, and now I can say, "Oh, I'm a fighter." Well, I had mm-hmm. my first fight, and it's like, okay, well, once once I have five fights, once I turn pro, once I get into the big leagues, once I win a world title, once I'm the greatest fighter who has ever graced the earth, then I can rest. <laughs> then I can be happy. It's never ending. You know, when does it stop? And if you can't be, if you're not satisfied with who you are in this moment, and again, don't confuse that with complacency, but if, but if you can't be happy with yourself as a person, and this is what I realized, then no amount of achievements are ever going to fill that void. It doesn't matter. And I realized that for myself, like, uh oh, it's. It's not about the titles. It's not about the the accolades. It's not about the trophies and belts and shit you see hanging up behind me. It's more about this personal journey and my relationship with it. And once I realized that, then it became okay for me to transition and pursue something else, right? And now I no longer have that desire of what if. Man, what if I stayed in the sport a little bit longer? What if I took one more fight? I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to yeah. go out on a, on a, you know, on a highlight, you know, in, you know, I, I uh, probably one of the best performance I've had in the sport. And so my attitude might be different if it was, a you know, I've had some fights that I was not as proud of, you know, that I didn't perform to the level that I would have wanted to. And if I had walked away at that point, sure. maybe we'd be having a different conversation. Um, but thankfully the way it turned out, you know, I, I, Took a fight, knowing it would probably be my last for a while because our our second uh, kid was being born. I was like, well, the first one laid me up for a while. It's 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 hard fighting and managing a kid. So now with two, <laughs> this might be my last one for for some period. But it wasn't a okay. I'm done with the sport after this. And it and it went exceedingly well to the point where as the business again kind of superseded, it was like well, I don't really feel the need to prove myself anymore in this arena. Like yeah. I, I, I think I got what I needed to get out of it yeah. and I still train. I still, you know, I, if I want to get punched in the face at any point I can, you know, if I want to kind of test myself and see where I'm at, <laughs> I can go to the gym and, and get my ass handed to me by guys that are still, you know, hungry and still competing. And I can remember what that feeling is like. And if I, decide, man, I'm below whatever level of capability I think I should be. Well, I can work a little bit harder to, to raise that up, but I don't need, I don't have to like prove that to anyone else anymore. Where I I think when I was fighting, that was a big part of it is like, I had to prove to the world what I was capable of. Well, now I have a better understanding. I, I kind of know what, what I'm capable of. And if I need a reminder then I can prove that to myself and that's, that's sufficient. And so that's something that I think we do struggle with that's awesome. is, you know, how do we find that identity um, and, and, and learn to be okay with that? And if we're not okay with it, well, why aren't we? 
Is it because I'm just a sorry sack of shit? Is that really the truth? Do I suck that bad that I really should hate myself? Ah, uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know you. I mean, I'm speaking to, you know, whomever might be having that thought, but I highly doubt it. I highly <laughs> doubt that you're that miserable and awful at everything in the world that you deserve that level of self-loathing. Probably not. Could you be better right. at things? Certainly. That's fine. And, 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 and we all could. Um, but, but having a healthy relationship with, you know, my, my perception of myself and a realistic understanding of my capabilities and what I can do allows me then to, to accurately set expectations for myself in this journey of like self-improvement, which you know, I think we're all on. And again, we should be working to improve ourselves until they put us in the ground, which again is the whole purpose of Savage Gentleman is continually elevating both our savage and our gentleman side um, in, in whatever proportions make sense for us with whatever we're trying to achieve in life. Yeah. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. So there you have it. That's and that's, to speak to the the that was perfect. It was a perfect wrap up. <laughs> and to to speak to the idea that you were that you were talking about with um, you know attaining these different levels of goals that you have. I had a business coach once, and uh, we were doing some goal setting things like as, an, as a group with like the other people that he was working with in this group, and uh, we were doing some of the same stuff. You know, like we're we're listing out what are the things we want to do with our business? And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking metrics financially. So like some people are talking like, I want to hit this number revenue wise. Um, some people are talking like, you know, I want to be able to take two vacations a year or whatever the thing is. And, uh, every time he always had like the same two word answer because it was somebody's idea of like, this is the highest level of something I can achieve. Be like, okay, then what? And it was like, it goes like right with what you were saying. Like you've, you've now achieved this thing. Like then what? Because it's not done when you, when you're here and it, and nothing is ever done at all. Right. Like, like you said, until we are done. 
Like yep. there's there's always going to be something next that uh, whether and and maybe it's not like a, a attainable tangible thing that you can actually grab. Maybe it's just like intrinsic or something you can work on within mm-hmm. yourself. That's like 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 you were saying. Like how do I build up these characteristics or this side of me that I've kind of neglected? Where like in your story where you're you spend so much time like you said on the savage side and not much on the gentleman side. Your focus is here to bring that level up to now where you're you're just more well-rounded as an individual. And so it's just this constant, like, it's it's learning to enjoy the process and appreciate the process of it rather than, like, this thing that I'm trying to reach because now, like, the, the same two-word answer always comes to mind. Like, when you were saying that, I'm just hearing him say, okay, then what? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the process is... That is it, right? I mean, the, the 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 whole thing is is a process. Our entire lives are a process, and I think that that's the point. Uh, and the and the key to that is being very honest and introspective with that process, right? Where it's like I can't tell you how to live your life. I can't tell you, okay, Ross, you've got to be, you know, I, I think for you, you need to be about I don't know, sixty eight percent gentleman and. I, I don't know the, the the math, right, of like what needs to be what, – what, what applies in your life. And, and in fact, I think in different periods of our lives that, that those numbers are going to change. My thing is like, look, yes. if what you have continually been doing is not netting the results that you want, maybe it would be worth considering – looking looking at the other side of things right if if what you're doing is yeah. working perfectly fine and you're don't change a damn thing don't don't be like oh man this guy you know says i need to be more gentleman because everyone's got to be more gentle maybe you don't maybe whatever you're wherever you're at is working great for you and and you're crushing it freaking keep crushing it it's it's really just like okay well if if I'm taking that step back and I'm scratching my head, you know, I, I came up for air and I looked around, I'm like, holy shit, I, wh- how did I get here? This is not where I want to be. Then maybe instead of going back and doing the same shit that you're already good at or have already done, you know, extensively, it's looking at the other areas in your life that maybe could be lacking. I mean, we talk, you know, people talk about blind spots, right? Um, and, and yeah, we all have them. Right. And again, if using the, the coin analogy, right. Well, if, if I have a coin that's just laying flat on the table, I can only see heads on it. The other side is completely blind. Unless I pick that thing up and flip it over, I don't even know what exists. Right. And, and so how could I pay attention to those things if I'm never, if I'm never looking at it? So, so yeah, we, we, we tend to have these glaring blind spots on one side of there. And I'm just using savage and gentleman as a, you know, a way to conceptualize, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the dichotomy or, or just really the complexity of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a human, right? You could call it yeah. literally anything. It's just the point of like, hey, there are kind of two components, right? There's our very primitive, primal, um, instinctive side that is valuable, that that is undeniable, right? That we are, whether we want to admit it or not, we are animals. I mean, we, we, we like to elevate ourselves and say, no, we're this enlightened species. And to some degree, yes, 
but also we want to do, we are wired to do the same thing that every animal is wired to do, which is eat, sleep, and fuck. I don't know if we can say that, but we, I just did. You can edit it out <laughs> if you have to. You could. <laughs> Sorry, it may be too much savage, right? But that's- You're good. You're good. That, that is what we are made to do, and, and to deny those things is, is foolish. And well, and, and, and with that, I would probably put in fighting, right? Because at some point we have to defend our territory because the other animals around us are trying to do the same thing, and sometimes there's a conflict there. And he who is stronger or more capable continues their their species, continues to survive. So on a very, very basic primitive scale, we have that. But then on the other end, it's like, well, that's a very brutal world to live in. And and I think that because of yeah. our capacity, because of our consciousness, because of, you know, I think what we have been instilled upon us from a higher power, we have this, you know, civilized component that, that I think is very valuable and very necessary, right? The gentleman's side where we have the ability to coexist without, you know, killing or fucking everything that we see, right? Which is what our primitive brain would tell us to do. It's like, ah, I mean, you can, but not for long, right? If that's the world you live in, it's going to be very short-lived. It's going to be very, it's not going to be as fulfilling as, man, if we can learn to cooperate together, our species has survived this long because we didn't just, you know, kill every rival that we saw. We learned to work together and build civilizations and to, to, you know, pool resources and do all these things and evolve to the point where now, you know, we're, we're, we're like, you know, back to back worldwide champions, you know, we're dominating this thing. We're crushing it. I mean, literally we're crushing the planet to death. Not to say that that's a good thing, (laughs) but I mean, that goes to show how effective, you know, we are when we, when we work together, but that comes at, that comes at a cost too. And so again, we have to play back and forth with with both sides, I think, to to really get the most out of this experience, which we call our lives, right? We're hurling around this rock through the cosmos and for however long we're here, man, if you want to really get the most juice out of the squeeze, in my humble opinion, you need to be be well-rounded and, and making sure that you're tapping into both sides and not just completely neglecting one over the other. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing that we're talking. I mean, it's the whole purpose of using those two words, like you said. I mean, you could say any two words there to describe what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but that just gives it a good you know, visual description of how we can become balanced and, and use those descriptors to, I mean, cause some people are super visual in that way. Like when you say savage, right, there's things that automatically come to mind when you're like, I know exactly what he's talking about on some things that I can be better at. Right. Mm-hmm. Like th- there's certain skills on this side over here that I can begin to learn. And then the same thing on the other side, there's certain things over here, uh, like business acumen, creativity, like working with other people, those type of things. These are things that I know I need to get better at because they're, they're polar opposites for a reason, essentially, right? They're, they're very, but they're complement, they're complementary as well. And so it's, it's all just this, how do we bring up one and not lose sight of the other and, and continue that essentially forever is kind of the whole yeah, point. And, um, you know, and that's, that, that is the question, right? And I, and I can't say that I have that answer, 
for for everyone or really for anyone. Again, it, the the and this is the hard part is like most people just want well, give me the answer. Like like write the book on it, bro. I, I, I mean, I can I can talk about the concept, right? But I can't apply it to your life individually because yeah. I have no way of of um, validating where you are in one way or the other, and and which one is actually going to be most useful, you know, to you. I mean, I, if we had a long enough conversation, like I could sit down and we I could probably give you some good ideas, but to try and 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 write that prescription for every person on the planet is impossible. And so this is where, like, I think we have to take some ownership on ourselves where, yeah, sorry, like, I can't just give you the cheat sheet, give you the answer. Like, you're gonna have to figure this shit out on your own. Like, here's the working template. Here's the idea. Now you have to take that and you have to apply it to to how that makes the most sense in your life. And there's going to be a lot of trial and error in it as well. I mean, you know, even in my own life, like, I don't have it figured. I don't have shit figured out. I'm a train wreck. I I mean, I wouldn't... my advice to anyone is I wouldn't follow me through a buffet line um, because the, the, the stuff that I'm going to pick out and cram in my face might not be the stuff that you want, right? It's You might not be into that. So, you know, take, right. take what I say with a grain of salt because, like I said, I, I, I don't profess to have, you know, all the answers or everything figured out. But, but what I have seen sure. is by applying these principles – it has been useful. It has been helpful. And, and, you know, where I am at now from a mental, physical, spiritual state, I think is, is way better than before I started kind of diving into this stuff. Right. I mean, before, before this, this notion of savage gentleman had really like taken hold, man, I was, I was, I was in a pretty rough spot. And, and again, interestingly, I was do I was quite successful at what I was doing. I was, was really good at fighting and I was winning fights and I was, you know, man, and it, the most mm-hmm. physically fit person that most people who encountered me knew of, they literally called me the fitness, like the guys in the gym, like, dude, you're the, the of, of all the <laughs> professional fighters that we knew, like I was the most fit. Um, and yet, I still wasn't like, if I'm being honest, like I wasn't really happy. I wasn't really fulfilled and I didn't know why, you know, I'm doing the thing. I'm winning fights. I'm pursuing my dream. Like it was my dream to be a professional athlete. I'm doing it. I'm living it. And by most standards, I was doing it well. Why? Right. I, I, and I didn't have that answer until I, again, realized, oh, there's some key elements that I'm missing. Um, and, and that has made, made a huge difference, you know, in my, the relationship with my wife, uh, my relationship with my kids, with my friends, with my family, my relationship with myself, which is probably, probably the bigger one, right. Where, where, man, that, (laughs) I mean, Self-loathing can take you a long way. Like it can be a really good motivator to to push someone to to do some some yeah. uh, impressive things, but it it will always come at a limitation, right? Um, you know, having a chip mm-hmm. on your shoulder can be really good. I don't know that that anything any any great human achievement wasn't started at least with some chip on on your shoulder, right? But eventually, we've got to figure out a way to move past that, right? Because again, if we don't, we're stuck in this in this you know 
eternal loop of, and then what? And then what? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so again, exactly. you know, this, this, yeah, it's, it, it, it gets a, it's a, it's a hamster wheel, um, of, of just never being satisfied. And so again, having somewhat of a direction of like, okay. And, and I check in, I'm like, okay, where am I at right now? What have I been doing? Like if I feel off this and this, again, this, this takes introspection, but it's been very useful. If man, and, and I think we all go in there. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just weird. And I'm the only person that has like days where they just <laughs> aren't super motivated or just are kind of, kind of down for no real reason. Like, man, I, you know, it's not like, it's not like my puppy died. I don't really have a reason to be sad or, or whatever, but man, I just, there's just, some, I don't know. It's an existential funk, right? Well, for me, when that happens, I, I kind of look to like, all right, well, what have I been doing? And more importantly, what have I not been doing? And, and mm. more often than not, I'll realize for me personally, one of two things, either I haven't been like taking enough time outside to just decompress like, oh, it's been a while since I went and just went on a walk through the woods or with my kids, right? It's been a while since I went in the backyard and, and shot my bow and arrow. Um, sometimes that's the thing. Maybe it's like, man, when was the last time I, I sat and spent some time in prayer? Oh, geez, I've been so busy. I haven't done that at all. When Or when's the last time I had a good hard workout? Oh, crap, dude. I haven't really thrashed myself. I haven't been to the, I haven't been punched in the face. I haven't choked anyone, right? Whatever it is. And so I ask these questions of like, okay, what's missing here? Right. Because, and, and I find, oh, the, the answer come at this point, I've realized, you know, I've got certain habits that I need to, need to, um, I don't know. Yeah need to do certain, certain things that I need to do with some regularity, lest this freaking problem solving machine gets all out of whack. Right. My, my brain is there to solve problems. Um, and if there are no problems, it'll create problems. And so for me, I find I have to like, you know, scratch some itches every once in a while to keep it from going off the rails. And for the most part, again, I wouldn't say that I have it all figured out, but, but it's been helpful and, and my overall quality yeah. of life and like general happiness with things has, has improved quite a bit since, since implementing that. That's cool. The, the chip on the shoulder thing is funny to me because in, instantly in my head, <clears throat> and then you even solidified it further when you're talking about your brain creating problems, right? Like my mm-hmm. first, uh, like thought in my head was calling back to it's, it was in the Michael Jordan docuseries, the last dance. And you, mm-hmm. you know, we, you, a lot of people who didn't really know much about how he ticked inside got exposed to how he was. And like, he would like, that's how he operated totally was like, he was being slighted all the time. And even if there was nothing there, he would create fake reasons to be mad at somebody on the court. Mm-hmm. So he could like go and attack him and be like the assassin on the basketball court. Like, but that's, but that was like the total, savage part of him, right? Like he would literally fabricate stories that people would say against him, uh, pregame or whatever. So that Mm -hmm. he could then use that as his motivation to go torch him on the court. And like, it's hilarious looking back on it, but then you think also at the same time, you know, there's a lot of parts of his personal life that kind of fell apart several times. 
as, uh, you know, not building up those other things or, you know, he's literally the greatest of all time. Right. So, I mean, that carries a certain level of, mm-hmm. there was no room for anything else in his life. But that idea of like the chip on your shoulder can be beneficial to a point, like you were saying yep. before, but at some point, like there's gotta be something else, uh, driving you to, to accomplish whatever the thing is, because that will just gradually, I mean, it'll just turn you into kind of a, probably a bitter person at some point if you're always like that forever operating yeah. from that standpoint. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and so that's where, you know, if you, and maybe this is, I don't know, getting a bit too esoteric. Um, but, but if you'll, if you'll indulge me for, for a moment, I mean, if you look at, at the logo that we have here, right, we've got the straight razor and the brass knuckles and, yep. you know, on the surface they're, they're like, well, yeah, straight razor, clean shaven, very gentlemanly, right? Um, brass yep. knuckles are pretty freaking savage, but a, a big part, you know, in, in the, you know, these weren't chosen just because they look cool, right? They, they, they have a meaning behind them. And so, you know, the, the brass knuckles are to signify yep. like, Hey, I'm going to do you know, the savage will do whatever is necessary for survival to get the job done. Right. And brass knuckles, in my opinion, embody that. Uh, with with the straight razor, I mean, yes, we talk about like clean shaving, and that's a sign of a gentleman, and that sort of thing. But really, I think the the, the razor to me is the ability. It's the attitude of the knife from uh, Frank Herbert Dune, right? The ability to cut mm. away everything that's not useful, right? And so the razor mm. signifies like shaving, being being cognizant and removing the stuff that no longer serves a purpose. So maybe that chip, you know, on your shoulder is is serving a purpose and it's getting you to where you want to be, which was, you know, for Michael Jordan, the best basic basketball player to ever grace the courts. But eventually that no longer served a purpose. And, you know, it, it probably did come at somewhat of a cost. Maybe if he had recognized sooner that maybe he could have avoided some stuff, but or maybe not. Maybe that, it, that is exactly the way it had to be in order for him to achieve what he wanted to achieve. But at some point, you have to recognize right. like this isn't serving me a purpose, right? Being, you know, there's a lot of guys that that man, their survival tactic has just been be an absolute bastard to everyone around them, and that's kept them alive, right? That that has got them to where they are. Is it still useful though? Do you have to continue to identify with that? Same thing on the gentleman side. It's like, man, you you have spent your life being the most courteous and 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 humble and kind. And not to say that kindness is a bad thing, but you know, you, you've kind of been way too much of a gentleman to the point of being almost a doormat, right? Or or you have no appreciable physical skills and ability. And maybe that's been great. Maybe that has been really useful to get you where you want to go in your career. But now you've, you, you find that you're lacking somewhere or, I mean, I have guys that talk to me all the time. They're like, um, I just realized the other day that the world is a scary place and there are bad people in it. And I actually have no idea what to do if one of those bad people decide to target me out of the crowd. And that's a scary realization. And now all of a sudden that gentleman is like, I probably need some more savage in me. Right. And so they, so then they, 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 they make those changes. It's like, okay, it doesn't serve me anymore to 
continue to pursue this thing or, or use this skill. Now I need to look at the other things. Um, and so, yeah, that, 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 that removal of what is no longer serving you is, man, it's a, it's an art. I mean, again, like a, if you've ever shaved with a straight razor, it's not for the faint of heart. It is, it is an art form, right? It, it takes skill. It takes practice. You don't just fly can, through it without practicing. No, you don't. And, and you don't give that to your kid as is the first implement to start shaving. Like, all right, Johnny, you know, you got three whiskers. I'm going to teach you how to shave. Here you go. Absolutely not. You know, you're going to start with, with a safety razor. You're going to start with something, right? But eventually as we mature, as we practice, we get better and better and better. And now we can use this very precise instrument. And that's why I like the idea of the razor even more so than the attitude of the knife, right, um, for hacking away things. I mean, you can use whatever tool you want to. You could chop a tree with a with a sledgehammer, if you're man enough, but I don't recommend it, right? And the sharper that tool is, the sharper that axe, the more precise, the more efficient you're going to be. So I like the razor because that, you know, for the most part is about the sharpest thing that we have come up with. And so now we can really yeah. like get some thin slices as to what we're what we're removing from ourselves to to hone, you know, and you know, they talk about iron sharpening iron, but you know, what really sharpens iron is leather. You sharpen, you use a strop, right? Um, and so, you know, we're going to kind of bring that a little bit full circle and, and kind of plug the, yeah. the leather, which is maybe ironic because I'm, I'm talking about leather strops. And we used to make leather strops and we don't actually have any in stock, which maybe just highlights a failure in my ability to run a business. Um, <laughs> but you idiot, you just spent, and we don't even, we, we don't have straight razors in stock anymore either. So this is a huge missed opportunity. Uh, from, and <laughs> well, from now this is the jump off point to now put it back in. <laughs> right. We're like, okay, well shit, now we got to hurry up. All right. Give me, give me like, I don't know. Give me a few weeks before you launch this podcast <laughs> right. so that I could get that shit in stock because you know, I, I'm sure people are just going to flock uh, to the website after this. They're like, this guy's a freaking weirdo. I don't, I don't want anything of what he's selling. That's hilarious, dude. That's hilarious. Well, uh, let's do some of the, some of the plugs right now. We're a little over an okay. hour now already. Okay. So, um, what's coming up with, uh, with your guys' work? What are you guys excited about that's coming up? Is there anything that, uh, has got you a little bit excited on that you're working on? <sighs> Man, I, you know, we're, we're, putting a little bit more energy back into the podcast. I've kind of set a, set a goal for myself where I need to record at least, and this is a modest, you know, you, you may laugh at me because you're a, you're a real official podcaster, but you know, my, my goal is like, okay, if I can crank out at least one podcast a month with everything else that I have going on, if I can just consistently get on that, then, you know, that's a win. And then the goal will be to transition to twice a month. And you know, if it, if that becomes manageable and I can be better about delegating some of the other stuff, then who knows? Maybe it's once a week, but you know, you gotta, you gotta crawl before you can walk. So, uh, you know, that's something that, that I'm, that I'm focusing on. Obviously continue to come out with, with, with new and better products for the brand is, is a big part. We've got, we've got some stuff in the works. I'm actually, um, been, been talking about, and I don't want to give away too much here because I don't want anyone to steal our idea. Uh, but, but we're actually, <laughs> um, 
because we haven't trademarked it yet. That's that's the thing. Um, but we're we're coming out with with I think it'll be a catchy name. I don't want to give away the name, but I can tell about the product. We actually want to do a, a, a yeah. protein powder that we want to come up with. It is um, you know ah. there's a lot of protein powders out there in the world, and they're kind of a dime or dozen. But this one, um, I'm really excited because the formula is 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 one of the best that I've that I've taken personally, uh, essentially in terms of like bioavailability, most protein, you know, is full of a lot of fillers yeah. and the way that the, the molecular structure of the protein is your body ends up, it can't absorb all of it because it's just not, not as bioavailable as it could be. And so the guys that we're working with have, have basically patented the process of getting, getting all that figured out in the right proportions. And then we're going to add, we're going to add a little bit, something extra to it with the idea of like, all right, look, not everyone, especially at, at this age is trying to be a professional athlete. Most of us as men, we're trying to maintain, you know, uh, a good level of muscle mass. We're trying to be active. We're trying to be healthy and supplementing protein is a great way to do that, especially if you are working out and lifting and, and, you know, this isn't for your 20 year old gym bro in the string tank top. Who's like has aspirations of slathering himself in barbecue oil and stepping on stage in a thong. Um, as a professional bodybuilder, not to shit on those guys. So I, you're gonna have some bodybuilders in there like, "Fuck uh, you, man! It's not barbecue sauce. It's I don't even know what it is, but it looks like barbecue sauce. You look like you covered yourself in barbecue sauce, which I get. It makes you look amazing on stage, but it's also barbecue sauce. No, um, it, it's not necessarily for those guys. Those, those guys have their own protein that they will live and die for. They're probably sponsored by a protein company. And so they don't want our shit, and that's fine. This is for the guy who's like, man, I don't have time to go through and figure out like all of the, the my supplement, you know, regiment and this, that, and the other thing. I need to just take something that I know is going to work and and you know isn't going to make me all bloated. It's not going to give me the shits, um, and it and it's and it's good quality stuff. And so that's we're coming out with that. I think you'll when you get when we do launch it. And the name comes out. I, I hope that people will appreciate it, but I don't want to. I don't want to say it yet because somebody. I'm sure someone is yeah. way better at like trademarking than I am. They're like, ha, gotcha. And then, <laughs> and then we'll have to fight in real life, and I don't want to have to do that. So that's one that I'm excited about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, again, we've got we've got we've got some other things that we're coming out with. We've got some cool t-shirts that'll, that that'll be launching. We'll be getting our hats back hopefully soon. Um, and then the other big one that, that I'm, man, I've been working on this thing for a while. And if you've been following Savin gentlemen, you've probably intermittently heard me speak about this thing. And you, you're probably wondering like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been talking about this forever. When are you going to shit and get off or get off the pot? But, um, I, I want to come up with a, a more interactive, engaging arm of our closed Facebook group. So we have a we have the League of Savage Gentlemen, mm. which is a we've we've got about eighteen, nineteen thousand guys in our group, and guys are interacting and com- you know having conversation, and we've got you know people asking questions, we have people giving advice, and some of it is is you know just kind of light and fun, like oh, what's your favorite whiskey, or you know hey is anybody use this firearm and how did you cited it, but whatever. Right. Um, and then there's some deeper stuff where guys are going through some heavy, hard times and, and they need a community. They need some well-respected individuals that can maybe provide insight. And so, you know, seeing that and seeing the success of it, I want to take that a step further and create a more, more 
interactive, engaging, tight-knit group um, call, we're calling the Legion of Savage Gentlemen, which will basically incorporate more accountability, a little bit more structure um, to allow guys to progress in this process of becoming a savage gentleman, right? Like right now, it's just like, hey, figure it out. Best of luck. And I'm here if people ask questions, if they, yeah. they want some insight. But you know, this will give a little bit more direct access. It'll give a little bit more of a of a of a roadmap and a template to follow. And we'll be doing, you know, the 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 idea is to be having weekly group calls where we can talk about some of these things in depth. Guys can more directly voice their concern, right? As opposed, it, it's you know. There's no substitute for being in person with someone, right? But the next best thing, yeah. I think, you know, being on a video call here, I think, is way more engaging, interacting than if I just picked up the phone and called you, right? So it's it's trying to maximize totally. our reach and and efficacy, and and still being realistic because I can't just you know fly to everyone's house and sit down and have a conversation with them, right? Um, or or I can't fly everyone to this group meeting where all we're going to sit down and we're gonna we're gonna hash out some shit, right? Because that's something that is lacking. Like so many guys today, I think are are missing a community, right? Like that's another shortcoming that we have, where once you're like no longer in the school system, how do you how do you find other dudes to hang out with? How do you find like-minded individuals, yeah, it, right? Guys that mm-hmm. you can have, I mean, again, Winter Strong is a perfect example where it's like, man, every single person that you bump into, you can have a meaningful, deep conversation with, and you can learn something as well as offer something to that person. But that's that's rare in today's world. You're, you're probably not going to have that with Jim from accounting. You know what I mean? Like- yeah, the guy yeah. works in the cubicle next to you, but that doesn't mean necessarily that that he is your tribe. He's just in your proximity, but you guys may not have anything in common and and you may not you probably have you might not have much to offer him and he may not have much to offer you. So how do I find those guys? How do I find those guys that are going to push me? They're going to hide me to a holder, higher standard. Um they're going to inspire me to want to become more right and better they they give me a reason to be a little bit more of a savage or give me a reason to be a little bit more of a gentleman that's what we want to create and that's something that I've that I've been working on and you know we're I, I feel like we're getting closer unfortunately for me uh you know you may have realized this by now in our conversation but like I, I'm a professional fighter by trade the the business side of stuff is not my forte necessarily. So there's some, you know, there's some, there's some steps in there that probably someone a lot smarter than, than, than myself I'll need to, to converse with, to get this over the hump. And that's what I've realized as well. It's like, all right, this is going to take more than just me to execute. Right. It's beyond, and it needs to be right. Cause I'm limited. I I only have so much perspective, um, that I can lend. So it's going to take, a village, uh, you know, or at least at least a small contingent uh, of men to kind of get this thing across the fi- finish line and get it to where I I see the potential yeah. that it has. So that's something that I'm that I'm working on that I'm excited about. Cool. I can't give you a concrete date. Um, I want to I, I want to yeah. get it going sooner. Um, if you have some some whiz bang individuals that are listening to this, they're like, 
oh, that sounds awesome. I have all the answers to how you can get this thing off the ground. It's very simple. You <laughs> knuckle dragging Neanderthal. By all, by all means, please reach out and contact me. I, I would love to hear your input if that is your if that is your expertise, because it is certainly not mine. But that's a big one. Um, and then eventually, at some point, I would love to do some actual in person events with Savage Gentlemen and and you know get people together and have these conversations and do some cool rad manly shit that again you may not have the opportunity to do on a regular day to day basis, right? So. Um, those are the big things, and I know that was probably intended to be a wrap-up, and I just took it and ran with it and tacked on another 15 minutes. It was perfect, though. Thing. It was exactly so, what I was looking for. No, good. Well, good. well, great. Um, <laughs> so those are the big things, and then, you know, I, I, to, to, do, to kind of bring things to a close, if you're, if you're looking to inquire more about what it is we're doing, what Savage Gentleman is about, uh, savagegentleman.com is the website. It's gentle... Man, let me get this out the way with it with an A. You can't see read that because it's backwards, but it's singular. Savage. That was the gentle mistake I made man. sending you an email today. It it it, it happens quite a bit, um, and I think the <laughs> SEO has got it figured out that even if you put in the wrong thing, I think you can still find us. Um, but either way, savagegentleman.com, uh, savagegentleman official on Instagram and, and Facebook and all the other social media stuff. And you can find our, our podcast through any of those channels. Uh, and then if you want to see what I'm personally doing um, for whatever reason, it's it's a lot of the same stuff, but it's a, maybe a little <laughs> bit different flavor. Uh, it's it's Josh Tyler MMA on Instagram and social media and, and that. So you know, feel free to check those out. Feel free to shoot me a message if if you have any questions about some of these weird things that I was talking about, or if you just want to rip me a new asshole for looking like a uh, you know a long haired hippie hipster douchebag, you can you can do that too. I've I've heard just about all of them. We catch quite a bit of of flack on our Instagram ads or or, just, or Facebook ads. I don't know why people get so butthurt when they see a dude dress nicely and they're like, oh yeah, I bet he can't freaking change a tire. Like what hipster I, hipster. <laughs> Oh, I bet he drinks IPAs. Actually, no, I don't like IPAs. I'm more of a <laughs> of a stout. If I'm drinking beer, it's, it's more of a stout. Um, if I'm drinking, if I'm drinking, generally it would be it would be a scotch. Neat. So you know, if and honestly, if you're buying, I'll probably drink whatever's in front of me. I'm not that picky, you know. But if I get to choose, <laughs> scotch then stout, right. not IPA. I really do not like right. IPA at all. So I, love it, I so I can't be a real hipster because you know I don't ride a fixed speed bike either. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Well, dude, thanks for making the time, man. I had a blast talking to you, and uh, it was cool to meet at Winter Strong and chat. And I look forward to seeing you there next year, maybe not before at some time if it happens. Yeah. But, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It was fun. No, my pleasure, dude. I, I, I love I love what you're doing. I mean, I think, you know, it, looking into, you know, everything that you've got going on, it, it, I, it's good to see that, you know, I'm not just out here in the weeds with some crazy idea of like, no, man, we need to be physical. We need to move. We need to be in touch with, you know, uh, what it what it means to like be a 
I don't know, to be a man, right? To, to go out and, and get things done, right? And yeah. some of that requires some physical capacity. Like there's no getting around it. Um, we are we are physical creatures. We are physical beings. And the more capable you are in that realm, the more efficient and effective you'll be. And so it's it's good to see with, you know, with, with your stuff as well that, okay, cool. Like this guy gets it. He gets it. <laughs> I'm trying anyways, but thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. 